and talking about the past and the future. I mean, five years ago, uh, people who sold marijuana were criminals. Today, they're entrepreneurs. Uh, they were already, they were always entrepreneurs. They, they just now happen to be legal entrepreneurs. So this is an exploding business. Hey everybody, it's Tony Caldwell. Welcome back to another episode of Uncaptive Agent, the future of insurance. And today my guest is Mark Still. Mark is a fascinating guy who's involved in a whole bunch of things related to the insurance business. First of all, he owns an insurance agency. And secondly, he uh, is the CEO of a company called Avist, which is, has a goal to disrupt the way insurance agents uh, do business. Good news, uh, he's not interested in disrupting insurance agencies or insurance agents. He's interested in really helping us be more effective, more efficient, save time, effort, and money, and do a better job for our clients. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along. Uh, Mark also has a software company that is tangentially involved in uh, the marijuana business, which is exploding exponentially. In fact, Mark, as we're sitting here today, it's Thursday the 5th of November, and I think another half a dozen states legalized marijuana uh, on Tuesday uh, during the national elections. So anyway, welcome. Thank you. Um, I might start off by saying five years ago, I was telling people that I wanted to be a disruptor. Uh, and then the more I got to know the business, uh, the more I realized is that I just needed to be an, an enabler of really talented, wonderful folks in the independent sector that do a, that really are a huge benefit for their um, insured customer base. Huh, that's interesting. So, um, you know, you have an interesting background. So uh, before you got into insurance, you were uh, a risk arbitrager on, on Wall Street or working for a Wall Street firm and uh, got into merchant banking. So you've got a lot of uh, uh, experience in doing deals. Uh, is that how you got into the insurance agency business or did you come in a different door? Well, I kind of these days call myself a recovering investment banker. Um, um, and uh, about nine years ago, um, I, uh, my, my business partner of many years, a, a brilliant guy named Paul Voorhees and I, uh, we, we've been business partners for 25 years. I started at Bear Stearns and he started at Solomon Brothers and we met in Dallas and um, and we met a young lady whose name is Gail Jordan, who we now co-own the agency with. And um, that's how we got into the business. We uh, started an agency where we were essentially backing Gail and now Gail is running our development team at Avist um, and is very, very specifically building what we internally called the Avist interview, which um, the, uh, the, the first specialty line that we're focused on is cannabis. Okay, so, um, so anyway, in the insurance agency business and out of that, you asked the question, there's gotta be a better way, which really led to Avist, which you know, our previous conversations about this and what you just said is it's a way to interview uh, clients or, or prospects and much faster than typical, uh, get them to the place where you can deliver quotes and proposals and things like that. So just, if you don't mind, just take a minute and talk to us about the Avis process. When, when, when we first started out in this business, um, we were like every other kind of small independent getting started. Uh, we created what we thought was a very different way to go to market to get, to get prospects 
um, and and our and our strategy paid off. So we went from getting you know four referrals a day or, or, or four referrals a week to sometimes getting you know between four and forty four referrals a day. Wow. And what we found is that our is that our is our CSRs and our producers were completely overwhelmed and that the process that you go through in order to gather information at the point of sale was was a horrible process. And as we looked around at um, who in the industry was able to solve the problem, we couldn't find anybody that could solve the problem. And that's where Avis came into being almost five years ago. Okay, so what Avis does is <clears throat> automate that that conversation that that an insurance professional has with a prospect about their their insurance needs. Is that uh, and then is that what it does essentially? Yes, and so it turns filling forms out into a rules based conversation that's guided by our our uh, intellectual. Uh, well, it's really artificial intelligence that ultimately creates an interview where you will get 100% of the necessary data and hopefully no more than 2 or 3% of data that doesn't matter. Okay. And, and, and you do that through just asking questions in real time. And as you get an answer, the system then prompts for additional questions based on the answers that the prospect or customer is giving at that moment. Is that how that kind of basically works? You hit the nail right on the head. Okay. And, and, and so that not only makes a better customer experience and make the process more efficient, it also puts CSRs and producers in a place where they don't have to have 10 years in the business to know what to ask. Okay, now I'm getting excited because when I started in the business a long time ago, uh, you know, I'd go out and see somebody and come back with about a third of the information that I needed. And then my uh, CSR or my partner would go, well, you forgot to ask these 15 questions, go back and ask that. And then I'd come back Now I had most of it, but I have to go sometimes back a third time. And, you know, I'm not stupid, but I look that way to the prospect, right? What you're saying is uh, someone starting off in the business could literally never make those kind of boneheaded mistakes again. Well, it almost educates them on the fly. And what, what I found when I went to talk to, to kids coming out of college, so I actually went to the University of Colorado at Denver uh, that had a specialty um, in risk management and insurance. It was a four-year business degree. And when I talked to those kids about what they wanted to do, None of them wanted to work in an agency okay. because they all thought that they were uh, th that they spent four years being trained for something better. Um, okay. And then they also didn't want to go anywhere where people still had fax machines. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think in this industry, um, up until this point, a brand new person coming into the industry as a CSR or a producer or any, anywhere real in the organization looks at it and says, I'm gonna spend five to nine years developing enough expertise where I really know what I'm doing every day. Right. And, and so what the Avist interview has always sought to do is to, is to give that brand new producer or CSR that capability in a matter of weeks or months instead of years. 
Well, that's exciting. You know, um, so we're talking uh, about the future of insurance distribution, the future of the insurance agency. And one thing, I mean, there's a lot of disagreement about the future because obviously it's a crystal ball exercise and everybody has a different view. But one thing there's universal agreement about, and that is that the industry is facing a huge talent gap because so many people who look like you and me uh, are, are likely to be exiting over the next five years. In fact, some people estimate that as much as 70% of the, uh, of the industry's you know, people are going to be leaving in the next decade. Uh, that's an enormous challenge, not just for agencies that are starting in business, but agencies that want to stay in business and uh, agencies that are getting acquired. Uh, you know, all this is creating a huge talent problem. And, and again, it, to your point, five years at a minimum, that's, that's what it, I always used to say, you know, I felt like it took me five years before I became halfway competent as a commercial insurance uh, producer. Right. Uh, and you think that this technology that you're developing can cut that down to what, uh, 60 days, 90 days, a year? Uh, I, I, I think within 60 to 90 days, um, you can have someone who, you know, they obviously would, would have to have a license to, to get started. Right. But that, that gives them sort of the, the base level knowledge that they need to get started. Um, and, and in an example, uh, one of the CSRs in our agency who doesn't know very much about commercial and knows nothing about cannabis uh -huh. uh, can actually, actually use our tool with a live client to talk to a cannabis owner. And, and I did it as a pure experiment. And she was able to get all the way through the interview and, and it's actually built. So it's got uh, cheat notes. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Tony, you and I would have called those cliff notes back when we were going to right. school, right. but, but on every question as they go through, if there's an insurance term that they don't, that may or may not understand, they uh -huh. just click on a box and it, it pulls up that definition in, in less than a second. And in the case of cannabis, if they're talking about cannabis and they don't understand um, something about some specific cannabis term, those definitions are also built in. So as they go through the system, um, they never have to stop and go and, you know, and go ask the office manager, so what does this mean? What does that mean? And so what we do is we give them the confidence that they're going to look smart the very first time they talk to someone who's in a business they may or may not understand. Okay. So um, how's the, tell me how this was working, let's say pre-COVID when conversations with producers typically took place face-to-face. -face. Uh, is your technology mobile enabled? So they're, do they work off an iPad or how, how does it typically get, get done? Uh, well, so pre-COVID, we, we all know most, well, not most, there are a majority of the way things happen today is people would fill out those forms. And if they didn't know the answers to some things or they, or they had a CSR or, or some other admin person that would fill it out, they'd hand that person to the, that, you know, they would hand the piece of paper to the person next to them and they'd fill it out and then they'd have to go PDF it or do something else to share it. Well, now you can't hand it to anybody because they're not there. Their right. home and your home. So what the eForms wizard 
um, and and we have users that said they would never use this because they like to do it the way they did it, where they passed the paper around the office. They can't do that now. But what they can do is they can they can fill out as much as they want to fill out. They can then then share that with whoever they want to share within the office. They can all work on it, get all the forms filled out, and at the end of that, they can then digitally send that to one or two or three or however many carriers or MGAs or wholesalers, and they can do that all electronically. So how does the information get into the into your product? Is it is it verbal or does it get typed still? Um, it, it still gets typed in, in, in the eForms wizard, um, and it still gets typed into the interview, but in the interview, um, a lot of that information gets auto-populated. So, um, so for example, um, we have APIs with, with Google um, and, and other services that I can't name because of NDA, but um, we can gather a bunch of that information and never have to ask that question. Okay, so you're actually getting information in the background, much as some carriers are doing as they're as they're doing rating systems on their websites. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so this is pretty interesting because uh, you know a lot of people in our business, I think, are are really frightened, whether they admit it or not, about technology. I mean, I think there's a feeling that technology is somehow going to disrupt the business. And by disruption, I mean something different than what you're talking about. In other words, it's going to put them out of business. That, um, you know, that the people who are writing insurance on the internet are going to take their market share away or that, you know, some way technology is going to disrupt them. And what I, what I hear you really describing is, is another tool where technology actually enables, to use your term, the agent, first of all, to be successful faster, but also to be successful much, much more efficiently. Um, and so, you know, one of the concerns that many agents have is, hey, commission cuts, you know, have been taking place now for a long time, but they've actually accelerated um, over the last couple of years. And so there's obviously a, a pressure on agents to get more efficient to save money in their costs because their gross revenue is going to take a hit. So they've either got to produce more business and they got to do it cheaper. Um, have you done any um, cost studies to, to, to look at what the capability of something like your product gives the agent in terms of driving costs down? It's a little all, all over the board, right? Okay. Um, but but um, our our first studies that we did, it was about a 75% savings in, in terms of time. Okay. And, and that, so then you can just on an agency basis, you can, you can look at that and say, I, I can either reduce overhead. Right. Right. Cause I don't need as many people cause I'm, cause I'm getting more work done faster. Right. Or, or I need to do, more top line business using the same people, but I need to actually grow the business. Okay. Well, 75% is huge. So, you know, the, the typical insurance agency spends 50 to 60% of its revenue on people. Um, right. And, you know, uh, of those people, um, you know, typically 25% uh, of, of revenue represents the customer service function. And, and again, a lot of those people are, are doing things that apparently 
you can now do with your software. So, so does that mean that if I'm, if I have customer service folks that are say doing cross marketing account rounding activities, that kind of thing that uh, I could drive that part of the cost from 25 to seven or eight. No. Um, so I, I should have been more specific. This is at the point of sale. Okay. Right. So, so this is, so if you think about, so you get four producers for the cost of one. Is that correct? Because they're going to be, well, so, so think about if you can ask a hundred percent of the questions that need to be asked on the first phone call. Right. um, Because what we found in our agency is you're going to touch that client somewhere between three and six times. Okay. Just like you said earlier, oh, I didn't get all the information. I got to call them back. Right. Or I got all the information, uh, but the but the quote that I thought that I was going to get came in fifteen percent higher, and so I had to go back to another carrier. Right. So I had to go, at, and 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 they've got set seven other questions that carrier A didn't ask. So every time you touch that customer, it costs money. Every time you pick up the phone, every time you spend waiting on hold, um, and then you're going to have the same number of touches probably going back to an underwriter. So by the time you write that business, you've, you've, you've touched that piece of paper 10 times. Yeah. And so if you touch that piece of paper once, two things happen. One, I take that average touch from, you know, four to 1.2. And then the customer experience is better. Yep. I mean, way better because especially if you look at kind of personal lines, um, you're going to compete against State Farm, right? They got one set of questions to ask you. And at the end, they don't say, let me get back to you in a day or two with some quotes. They say, uh, so do you want the, the uh, premium super package or do you want to pay by the quarter? You want to pay by the year? And they can begin and end the conversation and actually sell insurance. So just to clarify, I mean, the, your technology works both in personal and in commercial insurance as well as standard and insurance. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, um, let's, let's use this experience that, that you uh, have had over the last few years and the product that you've developed to kind of segue into a discussion about technology and its capabilities for insurance in general. So, Uh, Again, a lot of agents out there looking at the next three to five years have seen that, okay, technology's coming, it's scary, and then COVID hit, and either they're adapting to it or it's accelerating their thinking about, I got to get the heck out of this business because I don't want to. Um, But, you know, one of the things that technology is increasingly becoming is easy. So, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, to add technology to your business meant you had to do a lot of work, a lot of learning, you know, manuals. In fact, I remember, um, you know, 15 years ago, getting a new agency management software program, spending three days in training just to fill out applications and said, screw it. I'm going to, I told my, my partner, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do papers. Somebody else can, I mean, it was so confusing and hard, right? Right. But today, technology is easy, uh, you know. And, and, and how do you think that changes adoption rates? And, and do you think that agents are going to rapidly uh, embrace tools like the one you've created? Um, or is it going to be a slog for another few years trying to get people to try things? How do you see the future 
uh, of all of this? Well, I think you make a really cogent point as it relates to the influence of COVID. Um, I believe that COVID um, it was an enormous paradigm shift forced upon the independent agent industry. Um, because much to your point, uh, lots, of, lots of people in this industry have hair the color that you and I have, and they're, and, and they're leaving. And, and, and their um, willingness to try something new um, was an enormous push. And, and as a result, when there was better technology, they didn't care. Mm -hmm. Now they have to have it. Um, so, so unless they brought all their people back into their offices, which by the way, um, I, don't, I don't see that trend changing. And, and, right. Well, and, and as I talk to people around the country, you know, from big and small, um, people are, down, are, are downsizing their physical office footprint, period. Right. Um, and, 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 it's, and it's even forced folks who are, you know, you would have think would have been very traditional, got to have a nice office. And, and now suddenly they're thinking, wait a minute, I've been paying, you know, 38 bucks a foot for this, for this office space. And I'm doing as much or more business with everybody working from home. Um, and, and you think about the cost of that overhead. So I think that this business is going to become more and more technology driven and that those who are adapting today are going to be really successful. And those who don't adapt will either fail or, or they'll be the, or, or they'll be the agency that, that gets, that gets gobbled up by someone at, at low valuations. So, uh, you know, obviously you know, there's still a huge amount of private equity and, and private equity backed firms that are, that are, I mean, there's, there's a deal every day or two. Right. Right. And, and there's some of those big agencies are, are selling for multiples or, you know, 10 to 13 times EBITDA, which is, which is obviously a great price if you're a seller. If right. you have a business with no technology and it's and it's sort of falling off the wheels, you you you, you might get three times EBITDA. So uh, it so if you want to make your business worth you know four hundred times more, um, that means you well not four hundred times four hundred percent more. Right. I'm sorry, um, I was really looking for your answer for the four hundred times. I got to yeah, tell you, no, sorry, I got my <laughs> pen and paper out right here. Yeah. So if you want to create value, you're and, and, and you want to monetize that value, whether it's in a year or five years, and you don't use technology, right. it, it is not going to happen for you. Right. Well, um, how is that playing out? So um, over the last, say, six months or so, uh, as, as you, uh, as your sales teams, you know, are talking to agents, uh, what's happening to your to your pickup rate? Because that, that would be a, a good stand-in for you know how agents are thinking about what's happening right now because of COVID. Is there more interest? Are you are you installing in more agencies? Is that accelerating, or is it staying about the way it was, say, six months ago? Uh, it's it's accelerating a lot. Um, you know, in kind of I'd say kind of March April, I think people were sort of just stunned. Um, and by the time May rolled around, um, folks like Vertifor, who um, are great partners of ours, 
Um, we've been in their orange uh, technology partnership since they since they started that, and I guess it's been almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vertifor cares a lot about their customers, and so we got a call from from them in early May uh, as they were uh, putting in programs to specifically help their customers during this COVID time. And as part of that, they asked us to, uh, you know, what we would offer to the Vertifor base. And so we gave them the eForms wizard, um, basically free of charge for four or five months as just a way to try to help everyone as, we're, as, as, as they were trying to seek what, um, whatever help we could all get when we were all sort of panicking, trying to figure out how to re, uh, I, I, it's it's not revamping, but but this this forced everyone to reorganize, and so we were really pleased to be part of that. And we clearly picked up, you know, lots of uh, uh, eForms Wizard users, which we obviously think will turn into Avast Interview users down down the road. So um, it's been really good for our business to be candid, and I don't like to take advantage of of you know things that are that that take place that are bad for mankind but uh, you know this is clearly going to force people to use technology because if you don't you will not keep up right so you know it, it's interesting I, I was talking to uh randy schwantz just the other day randy is uh, a longtime sales coach in the independent agency industry uh written a number of books probably the most famous of which is called the wedge and you know his point was was that, look, this business that has been around for 100 plus years is going to continue for another 100 years because uh, people need the experience and expertise of human beings and they need to trust people. You know, they want to feel like, hey, uh, uh, we, uh, you know, we want to, we don't want to do business with an algorithm. We don't want to do business with a faceless, you know, thing. We want to do business with a person. In fact, I got a real insight a few years ago, uh, a partner of mine in, a, in another business, they, they have a, uh, a auto club, but it's for commercial truckers, and they have big groups of people in their client base that either speak Punjabi or Russian or some other, you know, language other than English. And so, in their call centers, they've got lots of employees that speak those same languages. And they said, that, you know, that we we do that because when people are really talking about super important things to their business or their life and things like contracts and stuff like that, they want to do it in their native tongue. And, and it just points out again that people are people and we're always going to want to deal with, you know, really important things with another person. So anyway, Randy's point is, you know, producers aren't going anywhere. Um, but what technology does, and he agrees with me, that technology just makes, takes the drudgery away. And I, and I really sense that what you're trying to do is take the drudgery away so that producers, customer service people or whatever, can focus 100% of their attention on the person they're talking to to solve problems, dig deep for uh, what keeps them up at night, and then um, use the technology to create, uh, you know, lots and lots of options for solutions. So that, that's kind of how you see the future of the business too, I think. Yes, I, I, I actually couldn't agree more. And, and then ultimately, you know, it's, um, look, if, if you've got a three hundred thousand dollar home and a and a nineteen twenty uh, you know a two thousand fourteen Honda, 
you can go to Geico and spend 15 minutes and probably save 15%. That's probably true. If your assets get any, any more complicated than that, like, you know, yeah, yeah, I've got this house, but we, you know, we have this rent house when we've got Airbnb exposure, you can't go online and fill something out and really personally get your risk managed. And ultimately you're going to need somebody to help you. And, and that's why I think that the independent agent, um, I see decades where people are going to need that expertise. Well, you know, they may be able to get some more complicated questions answered. I mean, you've, you've talked about artificial intelligence, and certainly artificial intelligence is, is increasing in its ease of use and sophistication in terms of what it can deliver as, a, as an answer to people. But it also strikes me that artificial intelligence is going to increasingly give agents options uh, to present to people that maybe they didn't have the time uh, or the ability to create for themselves. I had an interesting experience about five years ago. So IBM created uh, Watson. Uh, Watson's pretty mm-hmm. famous and you can yep. make, maybe you use Watson in your product, but you know, Watson's just an artificial intelligence engine that you can program and it comes up with really, you know, interesting and creative solutions. So at this, uh, at this conference, uh, they, they said, hey, we, we want you to take uh, avocados and peanut butter and oil and a whole bunch of food ingredients and make cocktails out of them and, and make them taste like, you know, martinis or whatever. And and it was it was really bizarre because you're drinking this stuff in a glass that doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before in your life. And it tastes just like something that you didn't expect. And the point is that Watson is able to take uh, information uh and recombine it in ways that no one could have ever envisioned. And so I'm thinking, hey, I'm talking to you, you're my insurance client, I'm having an interview with you, I'm asking all these right questions, but in the background, artificial intelligence is slicing and dicing insurance policy forms in a way that is completely unique um, to your situation. And, And that's a wonderful thing for the consumer, but somebody they trust has to make sure it's still okay. And that's a human being. Yeah. And look, there may be technology in the future where, um, in fact, uh, one of the, one of the guys that's on our advisory board is a guy named Dave Anthony and Dave created call of duty. Um, so he's known as the, as the trillionaire gamer. Um, and, so he thinks combining AI with, with augmented reality that you can actually ultimately create characters that can, that, can, that can speak to someone about whatever it is they're selling. Um, he invested in Avis because he thought that, that we were at a very unique place and he wanted to be involved with us because he sees insurance as a place where augmented reality could ultimately be very impactful, um, which I believe it will, will be very impactful. Mm-hmm. But going back to your first point, ultimately, you got to start in that first three feet where you're talking to, the, talking to someone to understand what it is that their needs are. And, you know, I can't get your social security number and figure out what you ought to buy for insurance. I've got to be able to talk to you about everything that's in your world. Right. 
So, you know, it's interesting that you bring up uh, augmented reality. So I've done a lot of uh, experimentation with augmented reality, and it's fascinating to sit across a virtual desk from another human being who's just an avatar that, and after, you know, a minute or two, you forget that this is all electrons. Uh, and you're really having a conversation with somebody that's face to face. What to me, what that means is not that a that an avatar replaces a person, like in the case of Soul Machines. I don't know if you're familiar with that company, but they have amazingly lifelike uh, computer-generated avatars. But you know, it's still a little bit of Stepford Wives-ish, if you if you will. But but you know, what this what what to me augmented reality means is that um, I can sit across the desk or the table from somebody anywhere in the world just as easily as I can here in Oklahoma City. And if I have an, a, a, a fabulous interviewing system that asks all the questions that ever need to be asked and is using AI to prompt, you know, as, as you give me an answer, uh, well, here's another question that you really ought to ask as a, as a consequence of that, that as, as an insurance agent or an insurance agency owner, now my marketplace is the entire United States, for example, not just my home state. Uh, and every industry uh, is equally, uh, you know, I have capabilities to write business in that industry, even though I've never done it before. Right. And I can do it seamlessly and easily and in a way that uh, the prospect, you know, really has confidence that the product I ultimately deliver to them is real. And so what does that reduce me to? Uh, and what I think it reduces me to is the, the capability of establishing the relationship in the first place. You know, that unique chemical thing that happens between two human beings where we like each other and we create a bond of trust, which is just reinforced by, you know, the, the transaction and the, the questions and all and, and all those things. So um, it's interesting. I mean, I think technology is going to be fabulous personally, but I think what it really does is it shines a light on this, these intrinsic human skills that the talented agent uh, both comes with naturally, but also gets trained to improve. Yeah, I think you make really, really great points. Um, um, I do believe that this paradigm shift that's taken place, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see a threat to the independent agent in the next decade. Because um, you know, when I first started looking at this business 10 years ago, um, there, were all, you know, there were folks out there saying, you know, within a decade, all the independent agents are gonna be gone because of all the things you just talked about. Um, it, but ultimately, I think when somebody's insuring their business or if they've got lots of assets, they want to have a relationship with who's ever helping them protect that. Um, and, and I think that personal interaction has been key to that. It may, it'll be really interesting to see how different life gets when, you know, you're not meeting, you're not meeting your agent for uh, gin and tonic to talk about your insurance needs you're going to zoom meeting with him or some other such thing. And does that change the way that relationship is? Um, nope. It probably does for guys like you and me, right? Cause my friends are my friends and, and you know, I'm, I, I'm basically, I mean, it's sort of a joke that I'm the CEO of a technology company. I'm a salesman. Um, that's what I am. And I do that cause I've built great relationships um, right. and with really great people. Um, 
I don't know if I could meet somebody brand new over the phone and have that same kind of interaction and that same kind of relationship. Um, but I think the generation after us, Tony, is going to be used to doing that. And, and, there's, and, and they still might want to be able to look somebody in the eye, even if it's across the Zoom, to right. say, do, do, is this guy really looking out after my best interest? And do I really trust this guy with my home and my cars and my boats and my wife's wedding ring? And do I really trust this? Am I really getting good advice here? And can I really look him at, you know, look him, look him in the eye like I've done all my life? Um, yeah, and I think I think that's already happening. I mean, I, you know, I know my own personal experiences. I have friends all over the world that I've met um, online, and Zoom or its equivalent technology is just making those things better. And so when you see people in the face to face after a decade of talking to them, you know, online, it, it's just like it didn't change anything. So. Uh, and it is like, it's a little bit like virtual reality. Once you enter a virtual reality world, your brain within about 60 seconds to 120 seconds, it's real. And so this is happening and, and it's going to happen. And, and the adoption of, of it is going to be interesting to see what it does to business models. But, um, you know, one, just kind of one last thing I want to touch on with you, which is, is marijuana. So, you know, again, talking about the past and the future, I mean, five years ago, uh, people who sold marijuana were criminals. Today, they're entrepreneurs. Uh, they were already, they were all, always entrepreneurs. They, they just now happen to be legal entrepreneurs. So this is an exploding business. Uh, and, you know, you and I both have some exposure to it. So I'm uh, chairman of a bank and, and we have a burgeoning uh, banking business for marijuana. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you're helping insurance agents that are trying to insure marijuana related businesses you know, grow. And, and, and uh, I think that's interesting because um, it's exploding. So just touch for a second on some of the capabilities that you've developed with your technology to help agents uh, help people who come to them with what has still a difficult to ensure risk. Well, um, one, I think you're right in terms of the growth and and, and I wish I could tell you that I was smart enough to see all this coming. Um, but about this, actually in September of 2019, we started looking at specialty lines for the interview product. So we had looked at personal lines, obviously that's, uh, and we built an enormous database to start to manage that data. So as we looked at, at the commercial side at specialty lines, I picked, uh, cannabis and hemp because it was not that big of an industry. I could get my arms around having all of the necessary data. Um, I hired um, subject matter ex experts in, in September that were programs experts. Mm -hmm. And then we hired some cannabis experts. And then, you know, but, but we're also building technology. Um, and so it, it didn't just really rise to the top automatically. Um, right. And by the way, um, the Avist interview is written in in codeless technology, which is a big which is the new hot thing. Uh, right. and I'm glad it's a new hot thing because be, because that's how we started this process two two and a half years ago. But yeah. it basically puts us into a position where our our technology doesn't know if it's a marijuana flower or a hamburger or a chair. It right. just it, it is just rules-based that says if it's this, then it's that, and it guides you through. 
So everything we do from a, a um, um, industry perspective can be done by analysts, right? So right. the other thing that I felt, uh, felt very strong about cannabis, it was going to change dramatically. And so you got to be able to shift. And if, and if shift means I got to go rewrite the code, that's not a solution. That's why our industry today is essentially stuck in legacy because all the big players have to go rewrite the code. We'll never rewrite the code. We'll just change the business rules. So in March, when the world was coming apart, I kind of looked in the mirror one day and said, it was like day four of quarantine and said, you know, I'm going to take charge of my own destiny here. I'm going to really go develop this digital marketplace so that the marijuana and hemp industry has one place to go where if I can force all the players to be digital, we can have the most efficient commercial lines market for this one industry. And I can look at that. I can get my arms around it and I can control it. And so that's how we started. And then I started putting more resources into it when COVID get started getting worse because my belief and, and then, uh, and, it, and, and Tuesday I got proven at least a little bit right, is I, I think the whole moral judgment and question is giving way to tax revenue for states and states and cities. And ultimately I think that's why the federal government rolls over is because we all need the revenue. We're all using it anyway. So why don't we make this a product that, I mean, it can't be any worse than, uh, than buying lottery tickets, right? <laughs> it's, you know, people are going to make bets. You might right. as well get, you know, you might as well get revenue out of the betting system. That's, that's what the lottery system is all about. So I don't see that the cannabis market's any different. And I think it's going to grow like a weed, all pun intended. Yeah, and, and obviously your software, you've already set this up because we've had conversations offline about this in the past so that uh, agents can be immediately successful uh, as experts in insuring cannabis-related businesses. So just to throw that out there that, um, you know, you know, over the last three to, three to five years, I think this has been a big head scratcher for agents. You know, how do I, I've got this opportunity, what do I do with it? And that's really a solved issue today. So, um, anyway, if, and if somebody's interested in becoming uh, a, a green uh, agent, and I'm not talking about utilities here uh, in their local area, they should they should get a hold of you. So, uh, so we've been we've been working on this for over a year, uh, talking about uh, and 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 actually, uh, uh, it'll 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 be marketed in the in the marketplace as in the weeds. Okay. So we are really going to get in the weeds to make sure we understand your risk. Right. Uh, and and we think we'll launch this in more of a in a in a commercialized effort, in, you know, in early to 2021. OK, so, good. All right. well, I'll so, be looking forward to, to right. seeing. How so so anyone that's interested in the sector, um, I'd love to talk talk to anybody because I think we all have a lot to learn about this because it's it is still the wild, wild west out there uh, as it relates to cannabis. Okay. Well, hey, Mark, thank you for joining me today on Uncaptive Agent, the Future of Insurance. I think what uh, what I've learned uh, increasingly is, hey, there's a role for agents, but it's changing. 
and embracing technology makes it easier. And uh, I'm super excited, uh, and we'll talk more offline later, you know, how your product can speed up the process of training, developing new talent in this business, which is going to be critical to every agent over the next decade. So again, thank you for being with me, and uh, we'll talk soon. Great. It was a real honor to spend the morning with you. Thanks, Tony. You bet. I'm talking to independent agency owners about this all the time. If you'd like to have a more personalized conversation, click on the button or the link in the description and we'll make that happen. You can also reach out to me at tonycaldwell.net slash contact.